Welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. Welcome, everyone, to another week here on the podcast. This is going to be a really fun episode because we're going to be talking about planning a destination wedding. I just came from filming one in Mexico, so this is fresh of mine for myself. I'm really excited to have Heather on here. Heather, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. So your company is called Passion Defined Travel and Events. Correct, yes. Yeah, a bit of a tongue twister if you say that three times fast, but I love it. A little bit. Yeah, no, th- th- <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. This is obviously something I'm really passionate about, especially with the direction I'm heading into with my personal company, doing a lot more uh, travel work. And so I really wanted to bring someone on here to uh, you know really talk about all the ins and outs of like planning a destination wedding for couples because it, there's a lot more things to consider especially if you're planning one outside of Canada. There's different, I guess, areas of destination weddings that you could think of. You can think of, you know, one going to Banff, it can be a destination wedding. Going to another province is a destination wedding. But going to another country, it's a whole other uh, ball game that we're playing here. So I'm, I'm really uh, happy that you... Uh, you wanted to come on here and talk all about this because I think it's going to be uh, really uh, insightful to a lot of people, including myself. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back in time. I'm really curious to know how you got started in planning destination weddings because I know you didn't just all of a sudden start doing it. I mean, there's a path to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So I really had to think long and hard. And I feel like I dated myself on how old I am when I started looking back. But I actually started planning destination weddings in 2009. So it's been a while. I was actually a travel agent working for Flight Center. I found myself to be in a position where more people were looking for group travel, more people were coming in about stags, stagettes, weddings. And it just kind of blossomed from there. So I was able to really hone in on my skills. And at that point in time, I had just done it specifically as a travel agent. Interesting. And did you kind of get the bug from there? Like you just got like the itch that you, I I want to do more of this because obviously it's always fun to travel, right? As someone who's going on vacation, but planning a wedding is something completely complex is uh, probably the easiest way to, to put it. And so how would you define a destination wedding? Is it necessary always like going beyond Canada? Or I know I talked about just a couple of minutes ago that it can be a number of different things, but how do you define a destination wedding? Yeah. So, you know what? It's really interesting because depending on who you talk to will depend on how they define or describe a destination wedding. So technically speaking, a destination wedding is defined as a ceremony that takes place outside of a couple's hometown. So basically somewhere that where they're not from. So technically by that definition, I had a destination wedding. I was living in Red Deer at the time and we got married in Winnipeg. Not the destination you'd think of. <laughs> so most people generally will think of that 
tropical vacation, the villa in Italy, but it could be something as simple as, you know, a couple living in Calgary, having their wedding in Banff. Most of the time we kind of say a destination wedding is really one where you have to travel to a destination to get married. Okay. So, and this could like obviously mean probably the the most common places I would think for Albertans to travel for a destination wedding would be the Caribbean, like Mexico or the Dominican Republic. Absolutely. Yeah, Mexico is a really big one. Um, We see because of the direct flights to Puerto Vallarta and Cancun, it makes it a really easy traveling, like logistically speaking, or something like Dominican or Cuba. You know, there's a number of different places, the Bahamas now you can get to. So there's a lot of really great options that are available if you're looking for that beach tropical wedding. Yeah, for sure. And I just came back from Cancun and the weather obviously there is a lot different than it is here right now, it was quite the uh, shock to the system when I came back. I'm like, oh, this is a 30 degree <laughs> difference, but first world problems here, right? Can't complain about that. So I'm really uh, curious to know in your eyes, like what's the benefit of having a destination wedding? Because it's not for everybody. Yeah. And, and maybe if you want to touch on like who these weddings are not for, because you may think you want a destination wedding, but do you really want to deal with everything that comes with that? Because there is a lot more to uh, think about and plan when it comes to having a wedding abroad. Yeah. So let's break that down here. There was a couple in there. So I just want to lay, we'll break it down a little for the benefits of having a destination wedding. So we can kind of start there and then maybe talk about those that don't want to have one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. You are correct. It is, it is a hundred percent not for everyone. So Some of the things to consider with a destination wedding or reasons why some people might is surprisingly, it's actually a cost can be a reason where people do want to have a destination wedding. So it can vary a little bit. The biggest difference you find is that having a destination wedding, the guests are paying their own way. It's lumped into a package price. They just show up. On the flip side, having a local wedding, you're paying per plate or per person. So you have like the corkage fees and the dinner plates. And the guest list for a destination wedding generally is a lot smaller than it is for a local wedding. So sometimes local weddings, people will have 200, 250 people coming. A destination wedding, it could be likely more in and around that, say, 15 to 20 person mark. And that can easily vary just depending on the the wedding itself. So, you know, just touching on like the number of people at these destination weddings, uh, the one I just did, I think there was a good, 60 or 70 people there and they came from that's awesome all over right so yeah it was a fair size it was it was good Mm -hmm. yeah I think the majority of the weddings that I've done have been around 20 25 people so it can definitely drastically change your guest list depending on your family your friends the logistics of when you're traveling that sort of thing and I guess we were talking about just like who maybe these weddings aren't for would it be yeah. for people that are really like wanting to have that big, huge party? Because I, I've seen destination weddings where there are still like 200 people that come. And I mean, we're talking about the uber lux- <laughs> luxurious weddings yeah. that uh, the rich uh, love to have all the time. But for most of us, mm-hmm. would you say that if you're thinking of having a destination wedding, it's obviously going to cut down your guest list? And so, Maybe like if you're someone who wants to have like all your friends, all your family, they're plus ones, 
maybe plus twos and threes. Um, maybe a destination wedding isn't necessarily your best option. Absolutely. The difference too is sometimes the destination weddings are a little less traditional. So they might be a little less informal, like a little more informal part of me comparatively to that local wedding. And so sometimes that can be taken into consideration too, is if you know you want to have those traditional values instilled into your wedding, which is perfectly fine. Having that destination wedding may not give you everything that you're looking for. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up because I know for the ones I've done, you know, they have been able to incorporate some traditions into their ceremonies, but it's not like we're going to a cathedral and like you would normally have like locally if, if you're having a like a church ceremony. You're not going to mm-hmm. necessarily have that abroad. You could, but you're probably going to be paying really th- through the roof for that because you're going off the resort now and that yeah. opens another can of worms, I'm sure, for travel <laughs> and absolutely safety reasons too. So when it comes to those logistics is it's one of those things where when you're planning a destination wedding, the logistics are just a little bit different and you might not get to see the the property you're relying on the expertise of your wedding planner and your travel agent to really focus on seeing some photos and seeing what the venue might look like, relying on feedback from potentially other people who have been there. Whereas locally, you can go to those vendors and you can see everything, you can touch, you can feel, you can utilize all those senses. Yeah, for sure. I know, again, (laughs) this is fresh of mine, my most recent wedding I just did in Mexico, like I was found on YouTube. A couple was from Toronto and I'm from Edmonton, obviously. So we didn't actually meet in person for the first time until I got down there. So it was all like Zoom calls and stuff. Yeah. And, and we were able to make it work and everything was fine, right? It wasn't like a complete like blind date going down there, right? <laughs> we had seen each other and talked, you know, many times. But mm-hmm. For some people, yeah, I think if you're really wanting to have a tighter relationship with your vendor team, mm-hmm. maybe you know having a destination wedding isn't the best option because you're maybe bringing in your photographer, maybe your your videographer, but your florist and all these other vendors, you're probably bringing them in locally. Absolutely. And sometimes they can be part of like a package. So there's a lot of when you're talking specific to an all-inclusive a lot of these wedding packages have certain things already included. So they have your decor, they have your chair covers, they have your centerpieces. It's all a package price. So it's it's a different kind of planning process when you're going through it. When some things are potentially predetermined, you just have to let them know what color you want. But everybody's you know going to have the same sash and everybody's going to have the same kind of flowers. It's just a different color. So it's definitely not for someone who doesn't, like to have that control piece, right? So if you're if you're very A type personality and really focused on you know controlling each and every aspect, you know destination wedding may not be the best choice. Yeah, and I think too, like on the flip side, we're talking about like most destination weddings. Like we're not talking about like yeah. these million dollar weddings are happening abroad and they're flying everyone in there. I mean, you can absolutely do that. Absolutely, but yeah. that's like the two percent. And it doesn't happen too often. Most people that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be the ones that are going to be planning things themselves or hopefully uh, mm-hmm. uh, bring on a planner that is going to help them. But again, 
as you mentioned before, budget plays a big part. And a lot of times that's why they go in this direction. Yeah. So on average, they say that for destination wedding wise, you can do it for, say, a lot less than you could for a regular wedding because there's just pieces of, let's say, as a whole, because you have less people coming, you have less logistics, so to speak, because it's not, you know, you're piecing everything together as opposed to having that package price. You can find it can cost a, a lot less. But again, that just, it varies with everybody's budget because there's some people that may want to spend a little bit more on the resort itself and have a better experience, whereas others may spend more on the individual wedding package than the resort. Right. In your experience, what would you recommend, because we're going to get into like the whole planning process here, but Mm -hmm. in your experience, have you found that, you know, couples that are booking through you are mostly getting their their vendors locally and then they're just flying in like say like the photographer or the videographer or is it kind of like a a mix match of everything (laughs) yeah I think honestly most of the couples that we do work with are going to be getting everything locally with the exception of we always recommend to say a local to your home you know wedding planner who specializes in destination weddings getting a travel agent and then your videographer photographer are really great options to fly in. What a lot of people don't know when it comes to a destination wedding is the the photographers on site. They are literally part of your package. (laughs) They are going to be the ones who may not have the same kind of experience when it comes to lighting. They may not have the same angles. They may not have the same attention to detail. And you have such a unique destination and such a unique option that I think it's really important to kind of focus on bringing in those key elements from your home. Yeah. Like you're not going to be bringing your florist in because you're going to, you need to get your flowers, you know, locally. And so someone like that, or like, I know some DJs here in Alberta that do get flown <laughs> to the Caribbean uh, quite often. And so maybe that's another profession that you could fly in. But also I just had a great time down in Mexico. They had a local DJ and mm-hmm. it was great. They knew the music that they wanted to play, but right. So I think there are, depending on like, yeah, the the profession, I think there are some that mm-hmm. you want to have a tighter relationship with leading up to the day. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And the really cool thing is, is that um, through WPIC, they've actually certified a lot of on-site like coordinators, a lot of the wedding coordinators on site, which is a really cool thing. So that that standard, so to speak, is across the board and across the world, as opposed to getting down there and having that question. So, which is really great to see. Yeah, no, for sure. So let's get into the whole planning process. As a planner yourself, and you've done hundreds of weddings up to this point now, Mm -hmm. how should a couple start doing the planning process for their wedding now that they decide that they're going to have a destination wedding abroad? What are those first few key steps that are really essential for them to look at or to get the ball rolling? Uh, Absolutely. So I think it's a really good place to start. And whether it's a destination wedding or a local wedding, really start with picking your destination. So where are you going to have it? And then setting that budget. So the biggest thing that sometimes people forget to include is the travel arrangements. So they focus on the wedding package itself, but maybe, you know, remember that that needs to conclude your flights, your accommodations, 
all inclusives make that really easy because they lump it all into one set package price, which is great to have. But it's really important to kind of pick where you want to go, pick the budget, what you're willing to spend. And think when you're setting your budget as well about what you'd like your guests to spend. So knowing that they're going to be flying down there and being a part of that. So think about what you'd like to keep their price point with it. From there, you want to create your guest list. So figure out exactly who's all coming and who you want to invite. And then moving from that point, working with a wedding planner and a travel agent. I do feel that having a travel agent is incredible for you. They're a huge support structure. They know the ins and outs. They've worked with on-site coordinators. And they can really focus on getting you the best value and the best price points and you know the upgrades and the extras that you might be looking for. So those are kind of like the three starting points. The big thing too with having a wedding planner and a travel agent is... During that planning process, the travel logistics, you've got that help. The other biggest thing too, is that every destination is different with regards to their legal requirements to get married. So people really kind of forget about that aspect, (laughs) which is, you know, an unfortunate thing, but depending on where you're getting married, sometimes they have a waiting period. So you have to wait, you know, it's, it's not like in Vegas, you can just go down and get married at a shop. Like there's an actual waiting period. (laughs) Sometimes depending on where you go, they'll also require you to have a blood test done. So there's a number of different things that have to be considered and working with a planner, specializing destination weddings, working with that travel agent, they can really help you navigate those aspects. I knew about the uh, requirement like in how long you can be down there for uh, before you can mm-hmm. have your wedding. I didn't know about the blood tests. Do you want to touch on that? And is that very uh, specific to certain countries or is... I mean, I've done a few of them now. I've I've never heard of that. It's just specific to a few different countries. Every country is going to be a little bit different, but sometimes it's literally just a matter of checking to make sure you're not related. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) Okay. I wasn't expecting that answer, but I thought maybe it was like, (laughs) you're not coming down with some type of disease or something like that. I was expecting about the genealogy, (laughs) which I guess, you know... In, in some parts of the world, yeah. Yeah, depending on culture, depending on traditions, depending on the location, um, all all different things can matter. But that's the general reason behind it. Interesting. But that's good to know. Okay, so we've got our destination. We've got our travel agent. We've got our planner. Mm-hmm. Now that you get your planner, do you just kind of, like, as a couple, do you just sit back and just let the planner like start like f- figuring out who they should be bringing on as a photographer or videographer, DJ, catering. Well, I mean, catering is usually included with the resort, but all these mm-hmm. other like pieces of the puzzle, what do you recommend? Yeah, so I definitely think that the couple should be involved in the planning process the whole way. I mean, unless you're the type of person who just wants to hand it over and just kind of say, okay, this is what we want. These are our requirements. Here you go. Absolutely. But I do think it's really important to have a little bit of say in those things. And working with a videographer and your photographer are definitely a big kind of next step. And especially if you're looking to fly them in, you want to make sure that you can book them well in advance. So at least that year, year and a half in advance. So that way they can prep for that time as well. So when you fly out, generally speaking, most celebrations are going to be for a week. And so because you're going down there a little bit longer, when you're asking vendors to come down to destination with you as well, 
depending on the time frame, it could be potentially peak season for them that they need to plan and make those arrangements as well. So you always want to give them enough notice so that they can plan their schedules accordingly too. Definitely. I mean, the wedding I just did, like they had actually booked us two years out. Like it was in yeah. the middle of COVID that they booked us and their, their wedding was supposed to be happening during COVID, but um, obviously got, got pushed back like a lot of others. So mm-hmm. it was a long time coming. So when they finally were able to have that day and that moment, I think they they embraced it even more than maybe yeah. having your, your traditional like year and a half to two year you know engagement. Their engagement process was a lot longer. They've been together for 13 years. So wow. <laughs> yeah. Um that's incredible. Yeah, no. Um so I guess you, you made a good point about like how far out advanced like you should be booking like your say your photographer and videographer. So I guess in general, mm-hmm. like if you're having a destination wedding, should you be looking at least two years out? It's interesting in that respects where flight schedules are actually only released about a year in advance, 300 days to, to a year or so in advance. So when it comes to destination weddings, we can quote up to two years out, but sometimes we don't have the flight times. And so it does open you up a little bit to a little bit of risk in that sense that if there are, you know, likely going to be some schedule changes or or some kind of adjustments or logisticals that are figured out a little bit closer to. So I find depending on the destination wedding, it can be when it comes to the actual travel arrangements, just a little bit shorter of a planning period than normally when it comes to hiring your vendors. Okay. No, that's good to know. So now that you've got your couple involved, they're they've got your photographer, videographer, they've got your planner, everything's starting to fall in place. How do you guide your couples through that planning process? What are maybe some of your hidden tricks or not tricks, but go-to protocols that you like to do? with all your couples when it does come to planning? Yeah. So for me, I find that with a lot of my couples, the biggest thing is just getting save the dates out there. So I know it sounds a little cheesy and cliche, but I think the communication needs to be a lot more when it comes to the destination wedding. And then I like to work with the couples and say, okay, like you have a whole week that you're going to be in destination. You don't have to feel like you're hosting your guests the whole week. So that becomes another issue where people find that, for example, they'll book excursion after excursion after excursion for people to do. But at the same time, keeping in mind your guests are also going to enjoy this as a little bit of a vacation as well, that there may be things that they want to do. And so instead of planning every single day of the entire week, giving people that breathing room to maybe experience things that they want to. So, and then adding some little personal touches. So adding a little welcome basket when they arrive for in their room, having something that they flip flops or some sunscreen for those of us that burn and need SPF 50. (laughs) Yeah. After sun is my friend right now. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I burn really, really quickly. So for me, it's, it's lather up on the, the sunscreen, but you know, just thinking of those little things and maybe having an optional excursion or, you know, something that you guys can do together. But the cool thing is, is you do get a whole week that you get to celebrate and really making the most of that, but thinking about your guests as well and, you know, what they might want to do. And do you typically go down as well or are you doing everything remotely from up here? 
It varies a little bit. So each couple is a little bit different. They do have the option to hire me and bring me down. When you're thinking about the, I'm going to, I'm going to get on a little side tangent here a little bit. That's okay. That's (laughs) okay. (laughs) Each destination wedding is a little bit different and the pricing on the travel side of it works differently. A lot of times, depending on the supplier, depending on the hotel and the resort, there are a number of incentives when you book. So sometimes that could be every 11th passenger goes for free. That could be different bonuses, different upgrades, different amenities. If you think about a cruise, they could have onboard credits, things like that. So what we usually recommend to the bride and groom is utilize those, we call them tour conductors, but utilize those free passengers in different ways that you can bring your photographer down with you, or you can look at bringing your wedding planner down with you. So it's just one less stress that you need to worry about. So they do have the option to be able to do that. I would say probably about 90% of what I do is actually a lot of it is pretty much remotely and working with on-site coordinators down there. But I'm never opposed. That option is always available. That if they're looking for me to go with them, I'm more than happy to do that. No, that's good to know. And I'm curious to know how you are working with the on-site coordinator. Like how far out are you working with them to make sure that the vision that your couple and you have like come together on and agreed on is actually going to be put through and and, and see the light of day down there? Yeah. So we work with the on-site coordinator pretty much as soon as the wedding is confirmed. So as soon as they confirm the date and the time and everything is available, at that point, we will start to work with the on-site coordinator to make sure that the vision goes through. We'll be in constant communication with them between phone calls, emails, Zoom calls, whatever that might be, to make sure that everything is executed as it should be. And is the language barrier sometimes an issue? Like that maybe there's maybe a miscommunication or misunderstanding through these calls that you have that something was just misinterpreted along the way. Has that ever happened to you or? Yeah. So definitely is something to be mindful of. So what I like to do is if there is a phone call or there is potentially a little bit of a language barrier, I really like to follow that up in an email. So just reconfirming exactly what was discussed, then they can see it. We can make sure we're all on the same page that way. So I find that there are ways 99% of the time, you know, there, there isn't really an issue in that respects, but it is something to be mindful of and their, their customs and traditions are different. So we here in Alberta, so I'm in Calgary, but we here in Alberta have a bit more of a hustle mindset and a little bit more of a, like, get things done quickly in the Caribbean. It's a a little bit of a slower pace. So we might not get a response immediately, but that's not a need to panic or be concerned. It's just different cult when you're dealing with different cultures and and different people and it just different countries different time zones that sort of thing you're really kind of oh it's just a different mindset to have going into it yeah you definitely notice a change you know when you're going from even like from like Canada to say the United States mm-hmm. depending on the state that you're you're doing your your destination wedding in there's going to be a lot of different things or you're going to be like that you're not going to expect or maybe it's going to take some time for you to adjust to, right? Yeah. I actually just had a conversation with someone from the U.S. The, uh, like two days ago. And that's one thing we were talking about is even though you wouldn't think there'd be culture shock, there still potentially is some culture shock in just how they do things, which is really cool. Yeah. No, and I'm sure it's the same way for them when these couples are from abroad or 
coming to Canada and specifically Alberta for like the mountains. I mean, we have a lot of international travelers that come to Alberta, to the Rockies for their wedding. So it it is a a shock probably to them as well because maybe it's our accents at first, you know, and we're always apologizing (laughs) to them. Sorry. (laughs) Just sorry for everything. Yeah. yeah, That's just every third word is sorry. Uh, uh, What are some misconceptions that people may have when it comes to planning a destination wedding and maybe some limitations I know we talked about some of the limitations beforehand about mm-hmm. guest counts and depending on the country you're going to, just being very familiar with their laws and regulations. But maybe if you could touch on that a little bit more on some other misconceptions that uh, people may have about destination weddings. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that destination weddings are easier. <laughs> So I can see you shaking. Our, our audience can't see, but I can see you shaking your head. <laughs> They're fun. It's, and you know what? I, I'm very grateful to do what yeah. I get to do, but it definitely doesn't help with my anxiety, especially uh, <laughs> traveling with equipment. And then once you're down there, you're in yeah. somebody else's uh, backyard, right? You don't have Absolutely. Yeah, a, a lot that at your disposal yeah. as you do back home. I would say that's probably the biggest misconception. So it's just because you're dealing with so many different things. We just touched on it, the language barrier, the response times, you're working with venues you might not have seen in person before. And so a lot of the times people are like, oh, it's super easy. I just book all inclusive at the XYZ resort and I'm good to go. And that's not necessarily always the case of the matter. I mean, it can be just that simple, but most people want to add their own personal touch into their destination wedding. And so because of that, you know, there are other things to think about and other logistical requirements to think about that you wouldn't necessarily think of locally. So that would be a big one. And then we touched a little bit on it earlier as well, but the cost, generally speaking, can be cheaper, but I also know destination weddings that are more expensive than a local wedding. So it really comes down to what you as a couple want and how we can make that happen the best way or like if you're a really big DIYer, you know, doing that in a destination wedding is going to be a little bit tougher because you're going to have to fly everything down, which may not be realistic in that aspect. And then I think the the one of the other things just to like touch on is the weather. Just because you're in a tropical destination doesn't mean to say it's going to be 25 and sunny the day of your wedding. You know, we still have those challenges in destinations as we do locally here and dealing with mother nature. And sometimes it just has its own its own ideas. Yeah, I can speak to that. On Sunday, we had our wedding in Cancun, and the weather was has been very unpredictable down in Cancun lately. Just if you've ever been down there, uh, you get these flash rainstorms that come in and out, and you just a lot of times you can see when they're coming from afar, but there was a high chance that there was going to be rainfall during the ceremony and reception and everything was outdoors. Mm-hmm. The resort that we were staying at, their backup option was this small little restaurant, but you're not coming down to Cancun to have a a ceremony in a space that, if you look at it, it could look like you're back home, right? And so mm-hmm. luckily... The wedding gods uh, shined down on us and we were okay, (laughs) but there were some tense moments uh, during bridal prep. 
where the coordinator was there, uh, the planner was there talking with the bride and 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 the groom through a uh, voice uh, conference call and and seeing like, do you want to risk it? Mm-hmm. Because there was a chance that like if we go through it, we have to commit to it. And and the other factor was too the resort if it does does start raining all the staff are legally required to leave. So they could have like absolutely no one serving them or taking care of them on the resort mm-hmm. if this were to go through with the rainstorm. And luckily it didn't, but it was a big chance. And so they risked it and it paid off. But yeah, it is definitely a big risk as well. Absolutely. We just, unfortunately, Mother Nature is just the one thing you can't plan for. It just does its own thing, whether it doesn't matter how much planning we put into it and how much we try it. <laughs> Mother Nature sometimes has its own plans. Yeah, no, for sure. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on when it comes to misconceptions? I think we covered a lot there already, but... Yeah, you know what? I think we've covered the majority of it. Pretty much everything kind of that I find are the big ones that most people, generally speaking, will be like, yeah, I'll just do a destination wedding because it's cheaper, but just keeping in mind that sometimes it can potentially be more or it could provide some constraints where I've done destination weddings where unfortunately some family members haven't been able to attend due to mobility issues or a fear of flying or things like that. So those are all things you'd want to really just make sure you're considering and thinking about. Yeah, for sure. Now we've been talking about things being unpredictable and the next question I'm going to ask you is something I think whether you're traveling for a wedding or just anywhere since COVID is flying. Yeah. It's so unpredictable. We've seen the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us have been part of those stories. And so I'm curious to know from your standpoint, what are some tips that you have when flying to destinations? Because again, like it's almost like mother nature that like you can plan as much as you can, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of it still out of your control, no matter what. Absolutely. So I am a huge advocate as much as you can travel carry on. I think it's so important. So bringing a change of clothes with you, bringing your wedding dress on board, you know, as you carry on, making sure that you have your, your tux or your suit as an option. That way, if your luggage is lost or delayed, you still have a change of clothes with you, you have some toiletries with you and um, you have your dress still, right? So kind of some of those key things to have in mind. A lot of the times when it comes to travel, I just say to people, you really just kind of got to roll with the punches. You got to like, just let it be because it is out of your control and just be super nice. Those gate attendants are have the final say as to who's getting on that plane. And the number of times I have been extra nice to people and gotten on a flight that I wouldn't normally have been on, I can probably <laughs> count on more than one hand how many times that's happened for me. So I think it's really important to just understand that these things happen. So when it comes to booking things, making sure that you're there a couple of days in advance. So give yourself that leeway. Most locations, you can't book your ceremony the day after you arrive, but really give yourself a couple of days to just focus on getting in, getting settled you know, travel is really hard on the body and the immune system. And so if you're not staying hydrated, you know, you could potentially be not feeling 100%. So really give yourself a couple of days to adjust once you're in destination. You can finalize those details for the wedding with your on-site coordinators and your vendors and see the space and really take that moment to to soak everything in and, and then have the ceremony. 
And I think, I mean, you touched on it before, but like it really starts from the very beginning is like bringing on a travel agent, someone that yeah. is going to be in your corner along the way, right? I know for myself, I will always try to book my own travel just because I've got a lot more specific requirements when I travel, you know, with my equipment and everything. So I have a lot less room for leeway when it comes to like mm-hmm. carry-ons and check baggage and uh, and stuff like that. So, and when I need to get down there and when I need to take off, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think more than anything is just like, I know there's a lot of options too out there, you know, with these third-party sites. Mm-hmm. As someone who's done a lot of traveling this year and has booked through airlines and has booked through third-party vendors, I will always recommend now booking through the airlines first, you know, for me personally, mm-hmm. but I mean, tweet your own, but uh, you gotta be careful. There may be some really good cheap deals out there, but there's also going to be that the chance of you not being protected as much when things do go away if they do. So absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing that I find like as an agent and experiences through myself and I'm a f- huge advocate that I'm, I am there 24 seven for my clients. If something goes wrong, I had a honeymoon couple who was stranded in Shanghai. And so 2am I get a, a, co- a call on Skype saying, Hey, like, what do we do? And being able to walk them through that was really beneficial for them. And the one thing to be really mindful of that a lot of people don't know if they don't read the fine print and that really tiny stuff, you just check a box and say, okay, to as some of the third party sites don't actually deal with the live availability, which is why as you're going through the booking process, it does change in price or all of a sudden you'll get an email saying something went wrong or there's a lot of potential issues associated with that. Whereas I don't know, I will say 99% because I'm sure there's that 1% out there but working with an agent, they are dealing with live availability. They're direct into the systems by the airlines with the hotels. They're working directly with those suppliers, which really allows you more communication with finding out exactly what it looks like comparatively to an online site. And I should preface what, what I said earlier when I was booking a trip earlier this year through a third party site. I booked through the site. I, I didn't have a travel agent. I did my own travel. So mm-hmm. if I were to not like go directly through an airline, then I would definitely have a travel agent like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just for me. Like if you're doing group bookings, yeah, obviously go with your travel agent because they're going to get you the best deal. They're going to be there with you along the way. And then even after the trip, if anything were to happen, you have them to go to. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with something on my end. I had some of my luggage uh, damaged <laughs> on the way down to Cancun. So yeah. I got a nice little phone call coming up here with a travel agent to deal with that. But yeah, I mean, it's so smart to, to just have someone there that is always going to be looking out for you. Mm-hmm. The one thing a lot of people too may not notice as much or, or think of as much is everything on an airline is coded. So Inside economy class, there's a whole bunch of letters associated with what, and those determine fare basis. And if you're like, oh, I went online and I saw, you know, for XYZ price, well, there might be two or three seats available at that. And then somebody else goes to book and they're going to pay a higher rate and, you know, continue on in that route. 
And so you know that when you're going through the airlines directly or suppliers directly or working with that travel agent that they're going to quote that price. So it's the same for everyone. And, you know, all of a sudden your mother-in-law or future mother-in-law isn't paying three times the price because she went on a little bit later to book than, you know, the Gotta first keep her happy. Did, so <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Got to keep the mother's I know that happy. from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the mothers happy. <laughs> so, you know, if for some reason one of your bags doesn't make it with you on your trip down, you know, there's still time for it to come. Hopefully that never happens to you, but if it does, it's nice to have some of a buffer there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important just to give yourself that little bit of extra time and give yourself a little bit of that grace room, breathing room and keep the anxiety levels down to a minimum. Even when you're recording a podcast. Even when uh, you're recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Before we end this podcast episode, <laughs> I, I really want to kind of shift the focus a little bit on, you know, towards um, professionals like photographers and videographers or even other like professionals that are wanting to get into this market of doing destination weddings. What are some tips that you would maybe have for them that are looking to do more of this destination work? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the very first thing you really need to have good systems in place and you have to be extremely organized. There is a lot of logistics, a lot of moving parts. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you set yourself up for success by having, you know, those systems in place. Google Docs is my best friend. (laughs) We do a lot of work together. I have a lot of forms, templates, and things that I utilize for my groups when they are traveling to make sure that everybody has consistent information. And so speaking to that is just that clear communication. So between yourself, the other vendors, making sure you're managing your client's expectations. So because you are dealing with different cultures, because you're dealing with time zone changes, things like that, it's really important to manage the expectations simply so that everybody can be on the same page. There's no question about it. So really focusing on that. And then start building relationships. So learn about the the different cultures, the different nuances that, you know, maybe a little bit different in destination. Learn about the destination itself. So whether it's learning about resorts in Cancun that you, you know, are looking at offering planning services to, or if it's that villa in Italy or a castle in Scotland that someone might want to get married in, start working on understanding the destination, researching it, understanding cultural differences and building those relationships. So just as you and I have, you know, reached out to do some networking together, having that option with other vendors is really important to start building those lines of communication. And would you recommend speaking to like photographers and videographers in in particular, would you recommend them traveling to these destinations first on their own time, you know, just to get a sense of the land and, and become almost like an expert already in the area before promoting themselves as someone that does destination work in those areas? Absolutely. I never think that it's a bad thing to know the area, to do a site visit. I know even on my own personal travel, I still find myself, if I'm in a destination that I'm not familiar with, I will meet with you know on-site wedding coordinators. I will talk to other people in the area to start building those relationships, even before I may have a couple that's going there. So it's never a bad thing to really understand what you're walking into. No planner, videographer, photographer, you know, florist. No one wants to go into something blindly and not fully understanding what's there. So I think we all 
all professions within the wedding industry, and I'm sure across the board, but speaking specifically to the wedding industry, we're very detailed, we're very organized. We really like to make sure that we know what's going on. And so I think that's really important to to have those conversations and just get a better understanding. So you don't always necessarily have to go to the destination ahead of time, but it's not a bad thing if you have that opportunity to see it in advance. For sure. So what does the the rest of 2023 and beyond look for you right now? I know you're starting to really uh, do more uh, destination work lately (laughs) because you took a bit of a pause for a little while there and now you're really getting back into the thick of it now. Absolutely. I'm super excited. We just did a full rebranding. So I'm very excited to have that launching out. Travel's at an all-time high right now, which has been so exciting to see people getting back out there, experiencing the world, having different things. So I'm really excited. We have some incredible 2024 clients that we're starting to work with, which it just fills my heart. Like It makes me so happy to see people doing something different, some a different experience. And every wedding is just a little bit different and it's personal to each one of the couples. So it's a very cool experience to be a part of. Yeah. We're very lucky to do what we, what we get to do. So definitely feeling blessed in that sense. Absolutely. So how can people find you? What's the best uh, way? Uh, drop your handles, uh, your website. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is passiontofindtravel.ca. And on Instagram, we are passiontofindtravel. Awesome. Well, Heather, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. And I know I just got back from a trip, but I want to get back out there again. And it's a really fun and exhilarating time, you know, when you get to go to another country and and really experience another culture, right? You know, and then also do some work too, which you're down there for. But, (laughs) you know, it's it's nice to be able to uh, travel again. Absolutely. It's super exciting. And I know I've got some site visits on my list for this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm so, so excited for you. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best uh, coming up here. Uh, Thank you, Gavin. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. and, And thank you again for having me. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.